whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. Losing my mind slightly. We're back. Here we are. I think I say that a lot. Here we are. We're right here. (laughs) You didn't want to say welcome back, but... Here we are. (laughs) We're going to try to sit closer to the microphone. Yeah, I know. We're We're not professional sound people. (sighs) Happy Friday. It was a fun day. Yeah. Today. We, I watched my friend's kids while she worked on her podcast, and then Tim's been working on a shop, an online shop for a podcast called Sheologians that he's been working on for months, and the shop launch was tonight, so we had a launch party, and I crashed it. Danny crashed the launch party. Came to it. She wore her Sheologian shirt though. So I did. My OG. It felt. Yeah. Back in the days when it was just a single shipment. Single shirt shipment that they hated doing because they actually like had the products and had to but drop ship. Yep. They're there gonna go. love it now. So anyway, yeah, that check was them a out. Super Sheologians. Like theologians, but with a she. she. I think it's like shop.sheologians.com. The the shop is. That's where the shop is. But there's tons of. But you could check out their podcast as well. Yes, that's true. And our other friend, Nikki Watson, who was such a sweet, dear friend of ours, she did all of, most of, a lot of the designs for. Besides, you'll see some in there that are design winners. They had a contest yeah. that some people submitted. So anyway, it was just a super fun a and fun exciting day. day, and it wasn't our normal day, but it was fun. And Chip flew across the country to go pick up my children, my two oldest children. Did we talk about that, them being gone? Yeah. I'm sure we have. So he left early early this morning. His flight was at 6.15, so he got up at 4, I think. Mm. And he will be home with them tomorrow night. I'm excited for them to be back. I've missed them. Yeah, I'm sure. We'd originally... My my parents went back there for a month, and we were originally talking about them... I don't know that we ever were really serious about them going the full month, but... Are you so glad you didn't? Oh, I'm really thankful we only did two weeks because it's been long. Yeah. I feel like... It's been weird in my house even without them. Yeah. So... My kids are really missing them, and I think they're starting to get ready to be back. To they probably have normal had a blast and loved being yes. there, but they're probably, like, missing... Yeah, they're just ready to get back to their family. Yeah. So, that's kind of... It didn't make things... I've really been just struggling this week of just lacking motivation and discipline. And I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things I could blame it on and excuses but today definitely was the worst day of all <laughs> I let my kids watch a movie at like 9 30 this wow morning. that's very not like you and yeah I made cookie dough as the afternoon snack <laughs> <laughs> and I know to some people these are like not weird things but but they are for your house yeah, I mean, I feel like I struggle normally letting my kids have, like, granola bars as their afternoon snack mm-hmm. because they have chocolate chips in them. So, 
the fact that I went all the way to full-on regular cookie dough. Not even even baked either? No, just cookie dough. Because my (laughs) oven isn't... Oh, right, yeah. Only the broiler is working, so trying to... Broil cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I got the new part. I just need to... Just need to fix my oven tonight so it's ready for sourdough tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. I'm curious. I sent Chip to Walmart yesterday for my Walmart list I had going, but I keep meaning to check to see if they have yeast back yet. Oh. I feel like maybe someday they will. Yeah. Hmm. But I like sourdough, and... I'll definitely keep it as something that I make, mm-hmm. but I like regular yeast things too. Yeah. So we're all gonna getting sick of sourdough pizza. Really? Yeah, it's good. It's a good once in a while thing, but I think it's not. I think the first week we had it, we thought it was really good mm-hmm. because it was different and it, it does taste good, but it's, it just feels different than like. So will you go back to like normal pizza or will you just like take pizza off the menu for a while? Menu, like you have a menu for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> they can't order it. Um, I will probably do some of both. Okay. Where I won't. Maybe have pizza be weekly for a while, but maybe I'll still have it a couple Mm -hmm. times a month and maybe one time will be sourdough pizza and one time will be... Yeah. I think I've, now that I'm feeling more confident in my sourdough, I feel like I can put it in the fridge and take it, I I kind of, Mm -hmm. not perfectly, but feel a little bit more confident on when I can take it out and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. use it and feed it and all of that and I don't feel like I have to keep it out on the counter and feed it every single day all the time and have all this starter to throw away and so. right yeah I had something as you were talking I was gonna say about food and oh I remember what it was I feel like I'm living a lie <laughs> I feel like I'm living a double life right now <laughs> with food okay. where during the week, I feel like I'm so disciplined in intermittent fasting and like what I eat and making sure I drink enough water and I'm taking all my supplements and I'm working out and I'm not eating until a certain time and I'm I'm just doing I feel like what I want to be doing. Uh-huh. Is it hard for you during the week? No. Okay. But then the weekend comes and I feel like I'm like, well, never mind. Everything's fine. Because I feel like we make, like, Tim makes pancake or, like, a bigger breakfast that I'm much more tempted to, like, eat. Mm-hmm. And we always have, like, a Sabbath dinner dessert that I feel like I'm, like, justified in making. But then when I make it, it's like... I'll just have some. I'll just eat seven of these cookies. Oh. I mean, I'm... You just I've, go for it. No, I made that number up, but... I know, but do you feel like you just have some or do you feel like you have some and then you're like since I have yes some, that's exactly I'm what I do that's my whole point batch. I feel like I'm living a lie because it's like during the week I'm like I'm doing so great and then it's like I pretend that the weekends are just like free for all and then Sunday rolls around and I'm like well that's right I'll start over tomorrow and this is really interesting because this just goes to show that even when we think we know what we're talking about on our podcast Sometimes we don't actually <laughs> we, Even when we come with the topic. We have a plan. And Crystal, we will get to your question. We promise. That was really our only plan when we started this. But. I know. I also had like a whole nother topic in my mind. Is oh. there my backup that we were going to talk well, about? This. Here we are. Food. is really interesting because of the week that I have had. I don't even remember how or why I got started down looking at this stuff again but I was looking up oh I think it was because I it's actually all Crystal's fault so just no um we I I was asked questions about blood sugar Mm -hmm. and pregnancy and all of that and you know how much I feel like I haven't figured that out right 
so I was looking at it again and something when I was reading articles about that kind of led into intermittent fasting and breastfeeding Mm -hmm. and I came across this lady's blog that was talking about how amazing it was for her and how it was the answer after this is probably the same blog I read did you and she went from like yes she did intermittent fasting and was like very she had like free printable schedules and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and it was like great but now she uh, goes she's back. Like uh-huh. renounced it. Yes. And is like it actually messed her up. And wasn't good for my body yeah. at all. And so I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Because she was making the point that it was so appealing to her because it wasn't for her, it wasn't necessarily a restriction on what she ate. It was right. just restricted to the times she right. ate. And so she, I feel like that's not how, like, the, the things that either of us follow not for necessarily right. dieting right. reasons. I feel like for the most part, Monday through Friday, during my eating hours, I still eat healthy things and make good choices. Like, right. I feel like overall it's great. And I think sh- her point was that she actually did that too because when you're limiting the hours you're eating... Mm-hmm. You do want to be focused on making sure that what you're eating right. is beneficial mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. And you're just more aware. And so yeah. you're more apt to make conscientious choices mm-hmm. that feel like this has a benefit and a purpose. Right. But the whole idea of deprivation, like the deprivation cycles, and then being allowed to eat things also it's not just it was that blog and then it's also been um a few other people our friend charlotte talks a lot about this um and we've been following her workouts that she does on facebook live um but she has a lot of the idea that if you deprive yourself and then you there's levels of cortisol that Mm -hmm. go up there's it causes stress to Mm -hmm. be surrounding eating and it starts to kind of skew your mentality Mm -hmm. around food um we have one other friend who also um, posted today an article on stress-related weight gain. Hmm. Um, and also a study, she posted that yesterday. Um, they did a study on monitoring versus not monitor- monitoring your caloric intake and Mm -hmm. restricting versus not restricting. So there was 121 female participants and they were one of those four things. So they were either monitoring and restricted, monitoring and not restricted, not monitoring Mm -hmm. and restricted, and not monitoring and not restricted. And um, The results were that restricting calories increased the total output of cortisol, and monitoring calories increased perceived stress. So it just concluded that when you diet in these certain ways, it can definitely affect your psychological Mm -hmm. functioning and well-being and... um, I mean, obviously, the impact of that is going to be different on different people, mm-hmm. but it's just a lot to think about and consider. The The interesting thing was about the first blog that, that I was talking about that you apparently also read. Yes. So she has now gone to what she would call intuitive eating. Okay. And when you look up intuitive eating on, like, the first... There's, like, a book that some girls wrote, ladies, I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to find 
one of the things that stuck out to me is that I can't get behind it at all is this this is someone who this is not one of the initial authors of the intuitive eating book mm-hmm. but this is someone who very much does their whole they are a nutrition and wellness mm-hmm. coach and their whole thing kind of goes around intuitive eating and so there's a paragraph that says we are all born natural intuitive eaters babies cry they eat and then stop eating until they're hungry again Kids innately balance out their food intake from week to week, eating when they're hungry and stopping once they feel full. Some (laughs) days they may eat a ton of food and other days they may eat barely anything. As we grow older and rules and restrictions are set around food, we lose our inner intuitive eater. We learn to finish everything on our plate. We learn that dessert is a reward or can be taken away if we misbehave. We are told that certain foods are good for us and others are bad, causing us to feel good about ourselves when we eat certain foods and guilty when we eat others. So, while I definitely agree that we learn some of those things... Right, but I also feel like... There are foods that are good for us and foods that are bad for us. Right. That we do need to be... Right. ...making choices around that. And Mm -hmm. I don't think every baby just stops eating when they're full. And I don't think every baby just eats when they're hungry. Mm Mm-hmm. I think... They eat when... Have you heard of comfort nursing? Like, babies comfort nurse all the time. And there's other reasons why people are eating besides just feeling hungry or not feeling hungry. Right. And, frankly... Starting from the time that they're little. Right, I don't... This isn't something that it's like they only get that way because they're lost, intuitive eater. Right. I don't... And, frankly, I don't want my toddler to be the one to, like, decide what they're going to eat or not based on how they feel and what they feel like. This goes back to just our culture at large and what the worldview is, which is... Do what is right for you and what feels right for you and what feels good for you. And it assumes that kids aren't going to pick, like, although we should let them have dessert no matter what, even if they didn't finish all their food Mm -hmm. and even if they are misbehaving. And there are times that food can be used as a reward or not or Mm -hmm. we do need to make the the conscious choice to eat something that's going to be extra nutritious knowing we're going to Mm -hmm. indulge in something that is really more just for pleasure and enjoyment and isn't really for nutrition right but i also understand that people get to a place with different diets Mm -hmm. and things where we really do screw up our relationship with food Mm -hmm. and i don't doubt that those study that our friend posted is i i would very much think that that's probably true and i do feel like our body gets not only physically and mentally but like our our bodies then crave things i mean the more you're eating sugar the more you're going to crave sugar and you're not going to crave vegetables but the more you take out things like sugar and replace it with greens the more that appeals to you right to a certain extent but then the more you tell yourself i can't ever have right any Mm -hmm. sugar i'm not allowed to have that piece of cake that everybody is eating at this birthday party right Right. now and it looks so good Mm -hmm. but i can't do that or i've failed and i've ruined everything the more likely you kind of are to binge eat when you feel like right you can't ever have that and then you give in mm-hmm. and then it's like well but i feel like for me i i'm not i'm not saying i think what i'm doing is a good thing <laughs> at all but there's some level of like because i'm such an all or nothing person i'm either on the diet or whatever you want to call it or I'm eating whatever I want right like, there's no and that's in where between I think that I'm I where I'm at right now which who knows but it 
seems like the best sort of balance would be to say like yes I can have that but I don't need to eat all of it Mm -hmm. I don't need to have 10 cookies because they're sitting here and the, the really interesting thing is when we watch like our kids like on a regular basis I tell my kids like you can have one cookie mm-hmm. and it's like then I can have one cookie like mm-hmm. there is this weird disconnect I feel like a lot where in we, circles yes. where adults make wise choices for their children mm-hmm. and put the parameters for them yeah. and of course, the kids want more, but they also are being obedient and listening to their parents. And right. Where it's like, and then the adults each eat three or four, mm-hmm. or like have a second piece of cake or whatever the case yeah. may be, just because we want it and we don't have anyone telling us not to. Right. So, yeah, totally. I don't know. It's all just interesting. Mm-hmm. But what I was saying earlier was that there is something about having more freedom on the weekend and what I'm eating that it's fun to look forward to that. But it's also very much I've I've never come to like a Monday and been like, oh, I have to go back to eating. I've been like, oh, it good. almost feels good. Yes, uh, it does. I, yes, I very much agree. Keeping in mind, I'm currently not eating gluten dairy or soy so right the crap quote-unquote i'm eating is like i made some cookies with coconut oil and some sugar organic sugar and gluten-free flour like right that it feels like it's not the worst thing sugar is probably like the number one thing that you're like allowing yourself to have right that's special right that you're trying to not have yes. regularly but i'm not having bread i'm not having any like right. there's so much i'm not having that i am restricting and you're always doing that for ruben for ruben not for me necessarily um so i feel like i'm always restricting mm-hmm. every day in that sense but sugar is something that i'm allowing myself to have on the weekends but even in that i'm i'm eating you're not you're not when you're not like binging out to the point that some people would like where you're like i can't wait for saturdays and i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna have like planning out your day of right. like no. all of the junk it, food you're gonna eat and right it's like when i make the dessert for my family for sabbath dinner because it's a, an extra special right. dinner we have mm-hmm. i'm going to have some and it's helped me throughout the week too and like the other night Tim stayed up late with one of our kids because we've been doing this reward system that different kids get to stay up and cash in their tickets to stay up with us. And so Tim was staying up with one of our kids and watching a movie and they had ice cream, cookie two-step, my favorite kind that I'm not currently able to have because it has dairy in it. They were eating that. And gluten, cup. even though. And gluten and soy and all of the things. <laughs> but they were having, this is like a Monday or Tuesday night. They were like having that on the couch and I was like, oh, I could make cookies. Like I found this dairy-free, soy-free, gluten-free cookie recipe that was delicious on Saturdays. So I could just whip these up and I'm like, just because they're having a dessert doesn't mean that like now I'm suddenly justified in like making myself a dessert. Like I need to just go to bed like right. there's no reason that I need to have a dessert right now just because right. I want it but they can still have yes. that dessert absolutely and, yes so it just it it helped me to be like if I really am still wanting those same cookies on Saturday I can make them on Saturday and I can eat them mm-hmm. then and that's fun. like but I think it's just helped my all or nothing personality to be able to be like I don't ha- I can restart my weeks yes. in a different context and but also if you got to the point where you then dwelled on those cookies right the whole rest of the week and then saturday i mean kind of what we've talked about if you start to make these things into idols then you have a much deeper problem to where if like that's all you're looking forward to about Mm -hmm. saturday and then you make a whole batch of cookies and you just sit and eat like 12 of them and make yourself sick and that that wouldn't necessarily be the right course of action either right 
but some people that's how they're going to handle something like that and other people it's going to really help like it goes back to our principles and methods Mm -hmm. type of thing the principles we're trying to learn around food are not to idolize it right to enjoy it for the gift that it is and the gift is not only just nourishing our bodies like the gift is like that is a main thing we need to be aware of and we need to be conscientious of and we need to also care for our bodies right but food isn't is also a part of fellowship and celebrations and fun and there's there's an aspect of that that we can't avoid either and we go through different times of life that we have to be more strict or diligent about certain things Mm -hmm. than other times and yeah i think the other really interesting thing about it that i haven't quite connected all the dots on I can't quite decide is and I know we've talked about this a little bit before too but when you look at all of the different body types that God has made Mm -hmm. and then what we're kind of trained to think is like an ideal body type we've talked about wanting to be strong and capable Mm -hmm. and basically fit to serve right our families and to be and we able want to, to be good stewards work. of our bodies especially when we're going from pregnancy to pregnancy to pregnancy right but even if we weren't it's a right. good thing to be a good, no it right, is but, but i'm saying it takes a lot more intentionality yes. and work when right. you're like going right. you're, back-to-back pregnancies yeah, and, and depleting parts yes. of minerals and things but It's so easy to get a certain number as the goal or get a certain size of clothing as the goal or... Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you don't have those things be the goal. I think that the reason those are such easy things to grasp hold of is because you still want some way of being able to know progress. Mm -hmm. And we've just, we're just really attached to certain things Mm -hmm. showing progress, even when they're not necessarily. I mean, you can do certain things in really unhealthy ways and be a certain weight or have a certain look and still be a very unhealthy person. Right. But just trying to learn, I think it's kind of an ongoing thing Mm -hmm. to try to learn what that looks like and not want to just be apathetic towards it or like, well, this is just how my body is and I don't care. Mm -hmm. But also not get too fixated on, I think it's just really easy to potentially set a goal and then start out doing healthy things to try to reach it Mm -hmm. but if it's not getting accomplished like just being extra careful not to go down a road of doing excessively more and more unhealthy of things yes to try to reach this goal that you've deemed is healthy right but because a lot of times when you then stop doing those things you just go right back up and wait and that's when you have like yo-yo dieting right well and are those things good in the first place and what like fasting i think fasting is something that is more than just a food diet health related issue Mm -hmm. in the sense of like just your physical health Mm -hmm. i think I think as Americans, we have really lost a lot of the spiritual aspect of fasting that is present biblically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think fasting has kind of come back as more of a physical tool, diet, right. lifestyle, whatever. Yes. 
without the spiritual implications of it for a lot of people. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying for everyone. I think there are some people who absolutely are good about incorporating Mm -hmm. um, those aspects. But that's something that I'd be more curious because kind of like you were saying, our culture as a whole is pretty fixated on just indulging ourselves in whatever Mm -hmm. we feel like whenever we want and just that instant gratification and that right like I never do need to be disciplined I never do need Mm -hmm. to deprive myself of anything like if this is what I want then I should make it happen right and we can quickly turn food into an idol that way Mm -hmm. so I don't know these things as you can see, we're not, like, claiming... I I don't feel like I am at this point where I'm like, so this is what you need to do. Or right. this is what I need to do. Yes. Or this is what I... I haven't even out. decided if what I'm doing I have a problem with or not. I know. Like, yeah, right. I'm kind of like, well, this is fine. I feel like when I first started doing it and I was more strict on the weekends, I was losing weight quickly. Now I'm like, meh, it's slowed down. But I feel like it's still slowly coming off that... I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. But also, you're not going back to a place where it's like you're gaining a bunch of weight either. Right. But that's the, the difficult thing is like, what should the goal of. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you do a certain thing that you do feel like this feels like a healthy thing physically and emotionally and mentally? But then you never lose weight. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm. I am currently not at what would be considered the ideal weight for my height, mm-hmm. according to like if I went into a, just a mainstream doctor. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I'm excessively overweight either. But mm-hmm. you know, that's where it's like, how do you determine? these things how do right. doctors so that's where i feel like things uh, when we all have such different genetic makeups yeah. and at different ages and stages mm-hmm. of life you're gonna just yeah i do think that's where as women sometimes it can be helpful to, to it's not bad to have goals that include numbers but i also think it's important to have goals that don't include numbers and focusing on things of like just getting stronger you know like working out and getting your body stronger or and even to, that you can slip into oh yeah for sure idolizing like how many pounds you can lift or how many reps you can right. do or how but again it's not bad to have goals right exactly it's not bad to push yourself um but i mean sometimes it's also just about being being faithful in the small things in like what you have to do today and mm-hmm. sometimes that's like I'm just gonna focus today on like remembering to take my supplements which is something that's really challenging for me and I have 20 minutes right now that I can do a workout but then the days that I don't and it's I don't I don't well, feel bad about that and some honestly today I know this is gonna sound really strange but I feel like I even if I came across earlier as potentially, n- n- I mean, I said that I've been really, did I say apathetic? Probably something like that. Just not motivated. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like as I thought through things today, as my kids asked me if they could watch a movie, there are some days where I would say yes completely out of a mindset of like I don't want to have to take care of you I don't Mm want to have to do this like I I'm looking for like kind of an escape Mm -hmm. today I really took time and thought about it and made a really conscientious decision of like you know what it is okay like this isn't this isn't normal I'm not gonna let this become a normal thing but I I think it's okay today Mm -hmm. to do like I don't 
I guess you have those times where you say yes to something and then you feel really guilty about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And today I don't feel guilty about it. And I don't, f- even the cookie dough, like <laughs> I told the girl that lives with us, like there are some days where you just have to break all the rules. And I didn't mean that in a rebellious way, but in kind of a, it's okay to just enjoy things sometimes. Right. And, and break out of your norm and what is typical or expected and and then be refreshed and ready to yeah. and I do feel like obviously we've talked about that that's kind of a mentality that Sabbath is for and mm-hmm. I agree with that but I don't think it has to only always be limited to that day mm-hmm. and that time and we can't ever right do things like that other times and yeah so yeah well that's the first half of this these are going to mesh together really well. <laughs> Except not. All right. Well, we've got a question from somebody. Thanks. I we know. love that. We, we love, love getting when... questions. We sure do. So give us questions. Send us your questions. And if you just send us like personally your questions as friends, sometimes we might say we're not going to answer you until we podcast it. And then you have to listen to it there, which is what this question was. But thankfully... She didn't have to wait that long. Yes, I know. So, the question was, what advice do you have for a first-time home birther? Not necessarily a first-time mom, but someone who is planning for their first home birth. So, what's the first thing you think of when you get that question? I had a, a very specific response and I have I'm curious if okay you'll go a completely different way than me or I feel like I had I probably could like list three or four different things that I needed it was like this 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 and this okay my first thought was before even getting into the like what things uh-huh. is that I feel like just like you kind of said first time home birther versus a first time mom uh-huh but there feels like a really big difference to me if I'm talking to a first-time mom, first-time home birther versus yes. a multiple-time yes. hospital mom who's a first-time home birther. Because yes. it and feels why like it there's different? so much to undo. Yes, yes. To- I feel like with a first-time mom, first-time home birther that doesn't have experience in a hospital setting... Everything about the birth is experience new. is new. And so they're laying down. There's certain things you feel like are important to tell them, but that's their only experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But someone who has experienced certain things in the hospital that especially they feel like they've been made to feel like were really important. Yes. That maybe have no real... Mm-hmm importance or are really just for some protocol or right. something it's there's so many little things you have to think through and kind of be able to help yes process through and look at like well was that really important is it something you really need to be worried about or paying mm-hmm. attention mm-hmm. to or trying to replicate that right in the home setting because mm-hmm. that happens a lot. Yes. That we just want to home birthers replicate. just want to do a hospital birth but at their house and then Yeah. They obviously can't do some of that, but Right. So that was the first thing that I thought of is this question came from a mom who has had three hospital births. Um, two of them have been C sections mm-hmm. and one vaginal delivery on her third and so that has a lot that she's wondering Mm -hmm. being a first time home birther what what things we think are important to think through what are you looking at some amazon person's walking by i hope it's amazon or it's some like murder <laughs> out my person's car parked up. Yeah, I think it's an Amazon delivery. Wearing a mask. <laughs> um, I'm like facing away from the window, and she's towards the window, and she keeps having these ominous 
looks out the... Well, nothing was delivered, so I don't know who that was. So, anyway. There's like lights on. Well. Tim will deal with it. Yeah. With all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I was going or how we... Okay. I had something about... I was going to say, but... You said you had three or four things right away. Yeah, but... Um, I'll get to that in a second, but first I feel like I wanted to point out that when it's uh, undoing, when you're talking about having a home birth after you've already experienced a hospital birth and the things that need to be undone, I would say my first piece of advice is you're in charge. You need to look to, to how you're experiencing and what you feel like is happening through prayer through talking with your husband but you don't need to look at other people of like is it okay if I get in this position because I feel like that's so in the hospital you don't get to decide anything you want to do until you've like gotten permission from the nurse can I get up and pee can I get up and decide what you want to do but even if you try to just do it a lot of times. They have to adjust the monitors so you can get on all fours or like you have to unplug you so you can go walk to the bathroom to go pee and you have to ask so permission for some ice either trip. seen as a patient who's not very compliant if you just start doing things without right. asking them. Right. Or you get permission for every And it feels like it, it has to be something you really, 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 really want to do and if you're going to actually page the nurse and do, like so then it just feels like oh, I'm just not so you, or you do it right and yes. it messes something up and then they and then come you feel in bad about and it you're like oh sorry I didn't realize that moving on to this side was gonna right. like get the monitor off so I feel like you've been like trained and conditioned to kind of silence listening to what you want to do in labor like and not have to pay attention to that so that would be like my number one like you need to be able to like turn that back on and know that if you want to go pee go pee if you want to get on all fours get on all fours if you want if you have a midwife and you want her to listen to the baby say listen to the baby now even if it hasn't been whatever the midwife says can I listen to the baby and and you don't want her to then say no I I don't want you to right now right so that I feel like is just a huge like mental hurdle to to overcome and it's really but I think it's really important and and why it's important and how it can be most helped I think goes to probably my number one other piece of advice which would be surround pick your birth team wisely Make sure that the people that you're inviting into your space are people that are there to support you in what you're wanting to do and not people who are expecting something from you or who want to... And you might not think that they're expecting something from you and they might not think that they're expecting something from you. But even someone who's just there because they want to get to experience a birth or mm-hmm. the birth of your child mm-hmm. or there's there's a lot of like those special relationships that aren't necessarily bad but you you do have to be really careful mm-hmm. and it's not that you can never have someone just right. because they want to that might even make things a little bit harder or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. but it's just important to think through the ramifications of that ahead mm-hmm. of time and yeah not feel obligated and you don't want to feel pressure you don't you want to be able to get into the space that you have to get into of being completely vulnerable and being able to just listen to you like your body and what you're like I want to put a leg up right now not even things that you're like necessarily thinking out but you need to just get to a place where you feel like you can just do whatever you need to do and you're not thinking about the needs of the people around you Mm -hmm. because it's just a mental place you have to get to in your mind and labor that makes it so much more bearable than if you're in the mental place of like 
I wonder if they're comfortable. I wonder if they know that there's like pillows and blankets underneath the couch that if they're tired, do you think they're tired? Is this taking too long? Oh, I wonder if they know that there's like snack bags on the, like if you're thinking about those things. You're not doing the work you Yes, need you to need doing. to be able to mentally go to labor land. Yes. <laughs> yep. I mean, can your baby still be born if you're in those yeah. places? Yeah, absolutely. I just think it hurts more. <laughs> And can it hurt even if you're in labor land, Abby? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. So we're not trying to make claims that if you've picked your magical perfect birth team who's just focusing on all your needs and you're in labor land that... But there... But I feel like... There are actual physiological things that and hormones that in need your to body take place. Yes. that work, work together and they work much better when yes. I, and I will say that different women need different things. Yes. For sure. For those hormonal things to happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like how we labor is very differently. Like in what we want. Right. is very differently. Like I feel like you want it where people aren't really talking to you not really touching you you'll which is very opposite of your personality who i am normally yes for i sure. feel like out of the two of us i'm a much more touchy person and yes. i'm a much more engaged person and wanting yes. people to be talking and yes and you're very much an extrovert you very much like thrive off of all of that of conversation and yes but, but i have to go to a place of like where i am just with God and my baby and people can be around but they need to be quiet and they need to just watch and if I ask something of them then I appreciate them helping me Mm -hmm. but yeah and it's not like you know I feel like a touch on my arm or something like that isn't like oh I can't even imagine Mm -hmm. that like that doesn't bother me but I don't feel like I need that touch or I'm like looking for I would say being able to hold Chip's hands at certain parts is pretty important to me. Mm-hmm. And I would feel like I'm looking for that specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like you've said for my labors, I very much am like, I want him to be praying. I want people to be like praying out loud. I want people to be like reading verses. I want him to be like I always. I need music, which you need music I need music too. for sure. But there are a- other people who even get a music playlist ready and then they don't want the music. Yes, I feel like I have a very specific playlist I make for each labor. Each each one is different and that's what I listen to throughout my pregnancy to help prepare and that's what I always have on. But I feel like I very much want the physical touch. I want the like... But the the funny thing this just popped in my head about um, even like the music... Mm -hmm is I remember making a playlist and taking it with me when I had Brinley, which was my first unmedicated birth at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how there was just some... it, It was totally fine. I played it and I enjoyed it and it helped me. But there was some level of this feeling of a little bit of intimidation even to turn that on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, like... You're in their space. You're in their Like, are they going to think work this is okay? Office. Are like, they going to feel like this is weird when they come in here? Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, in this zone with this music. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, you, you... It doesn't feel... It's not like they were unreceptive to it. They didn't Mm -hmm. make me... Like, they didn't say anything to make me feel like I I couldn't have it. Right. But it just didn't feel like... Right. ...normal. What it would feel like if you're in your house and you just put on your worship music. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Another more, like, specific thing... Than like the overarching, mm-hmm. you are. Well, first, a caveat. Not only is it you don't need permission and you're the one in charge, but also you're the one that's responsible. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of the same thing, but it's kind of different. Yeah. So it's not just about. 
just as much as like if someone's wanting to check on your baby and you don't want them to if you feel like your baby needs to be checked on or mm-hmm. you feel like you like you're praying and God is leading you to do something that feels very different than yeah. what you maybe even think you would have said is best mm-hmm. to the process or right. for sure then you need to be conscientious of the fact that you are the one responsible for making those decisions mm-hmm. and but um so apart from any of that but I think one thing that I've seen be a really big holdup for a lot of people, something that they just think is part of having a baby, is checking dilation. Mm. And it's not that that is bad to do, or that if you want to know where you're at with your dilation that you can't ask someone to help you do that or check yourself or whatever the case may be but I would really strongly encourage women who are having home births to let that go it is something that is Mm -hmm. across the board even in the most medical medical communities Mm -hmm. it is acknowledged that it really means nothing that Mm -hmm. it's actually not indicative of anything right of when you'll go into labor of when you'll have your baby how much longer it'll be all of those you'll hear stories from everyone you talk to oh i was hard and closed and they couldn't even feel my cervix and i had my baby 12 hours later or i walked around at five centimeters for a month i mean even ruben's birth story i Went to the hospital and they checked me and said that I was only four centimeters and that I wasn't in active labor and that they wouldn't let me stay. And even though I very much felt like they were wrong and would tell them that, they made me go home. An hour later, he was out. Right. So. Face presentation and all. Right. And you, that was one of the things that even after all of your births and knowing what you know, you were having to kind of tell yourself that mm-hmm. as you were in the tub. You were I saying, was like, I can go. It's possible to go from, from four to complete in no time. Right now. Like, like I, that's yes. what I'm feeling. Because I had to, because I, I knew logically that I can do that. But it also was like, if how I'm feeling right now is Isn't, how I'm in feeling and I'm not about to push him out, I might just die. Like, right. That I had, to, I had to keep telling myself, like, no, just, I could... I could be about to push him out, even though I know 20 minutes ago or while I wasn't long. ready to push right. him out. And and it can change like that. Yes. And it can go but, super but slowly. That mental battle, it, it can be unnecessary to do. Like, to just check your dilation and have to then remind yourselves of these truths that you know are true, that you believe, but... Just, I would be asking why you're getting your dilation checked if you are. Mm-hmm. Again, not that it's bad. I just said I did it in my last labor. But what is the motivation and reason behind it? And what is the number that you he- find out that you are going to do? Right. Is it going to help you make decisions? Why or why not? And what... And then also remembering that it's not benign. There's mm-hmm. There are risks with checking. Yes. Having someone else check you or checking yourself. Mm-hmm. You're introducing bacteria that wouldn't be introduced if... Even if you do it in a sterile sort of way... Yes. It still is not... A, a bag of waters can get snagged when it wouldn't have been about to break. Mm-hmm. And now it did because of checking. There are things that can happen... Again, that doesn't necessarily always mean it's a bad thing, but you just need to really think through your reasonings and what you've... I think you're just so conditioned in a hospital birth, and Mm -hmm. even if you've never had a hospital birth, but just in all the birth stories, all that you hear around you about birth, Mm -hmm. it's so much... Almost every birth story you read, even in a home birth... I don't, I, I feel like the majority of home birth midwives still want to check you mm-hmm. and check you frequently. Yeah. That it's all, and obviously when we say it, 
can't tell you what's happening. Obviously, there's some amount of telling you if you have opened more. Right. I mean, you are, that is a part of the process. Mm -hmm. And you can know what direction you're going. But that doesn't necessarily mean. But just as much as that, you also cannot totally your baby's going to come out whether you know that information or not right like you absolutely can have your baby without ever having anyone stick their hand in your vagina yes i very well it can it can come out either way right (laughs) yes so it doesn't i did check myself with both deke and pax but not in a just wanting to see where he was at which I do feel in like... In a super... There's... There there comes a point for some women that is... There's a very intuitive checking where mm-hmm. you you know the baby is there and it's just natural to want to feel where they are and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like the mindset I had with that was, was trying to figure out a number. Like, how many centimeters dilated is my cervix right now? It was more of a, like, this is, like, moments mm-hmm. before I'm... Right. Yeah. Um, but that's another thing that I just feel like that's more of the undoing. Right. Um, that's definitely the undoing part, that for sure. you will have But I think choosing your birth team and remembering that you're the one who's calling the shots... Um, is important and my other thought that came to mind is not twofold not calling people too early to come mm-hmm. like not calling your birth team too early mm-hmm. and knowing that it's very 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 normal and common to have lots of different times of having contractions that don't result in a baby coming out. The only thing I will add, though, to not calling people too early is that if, by chance, you have a birth team comprised of really good friends or family or people who really do understand the process, and you you have the desire of needing people around you knowing like this might not really even be labor yes but where i'm at like but too early i mean you coming and it could be the start of early labor and you could have the baby in a couple of hours if things progress Mm -hmm. quickly or it could be or it could be that you don't even end up you're not really in labor like it's an early labor but by calling people too early what i mean by that is not not being so worried about trying to figure out if this is it or not that you just want to make sure that everyone's there and ready that it's okay to not know what's happening yet and it's okay to not know if it's labor or not and if you want the support because you want the people there great call them over but don't call them over for their sake because you're scared they might miss it call them over because you want them there supporting you now when you're having an understanding that it's okay to not getting yourself so psyched out that you have to be sure both directions right the direction of calling them or the direction like with Ruben my water broke and I called people over and then sent them home like but it wasn't bad to call people over right. but it also wasn't bad to send people home but right. but there but is you like, also had a birth team who very much right. understood that right. and that's where when you go back you go back to having mm-hmm. choosing your birth team wisely mm-hmm. and carefully um, yeah. and really I think something that I learned in my very first home birth that I'm really thankful I had to learn in what felt like a really hard way was Having support and having having a midwife, having a doula, having people that you want to come over, none of that is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. 
and I think God created us to be relational people that Mm -hmm. do want that type of support but you are the one who has to have the baby and you are the person who will have the baby and you need to be really reminding yourself often of God's sovereignty and of his plan and who will be there or who Mm -hmm. won't be there Yeah, and even birth support people with the best of intentions and who really are trying the hardest their hardest and being very responsible about trying to be available and be there for Mm -hmm. you circumstances may work out where they're not Mm -hmm. and you need to be prepared that God is with you and that your body is the only thing you need to have Mm-hmm. Your baby, in the sense of like, it—it's a—it's a physiological process that mm-hmm. happens, and um, I think that can be really scary and intimidating for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to not be scared and intimidated by that. And I, right. and that I'm not in any way saying that I think people shouldn't be trying to get their birth team to come and right but i think when people say things like like as a doula i feel like i heard this all the time and now it makes me cringe but where people would be like i could not have done that without you and i it's like well you could have like you could have physically done that just fine like right. and not to say that god doesn't use people yes. to encourage Support, comfort, right? Play. I mean, I mean, that was very much where it felt like I had you at Calvary's birth, and felt like I really needed you. Then when I went into labor with Arrow, you were in Michigan, right, Mm -hmm. at your grandma's funeral, and it was very much like God was like showing you. I don't. You don't need her to have your baby. Like you need me. To have your baby and... And I'll provide right. what you need. Right. Mm-hmm. In the form of people or things right. or circumstances or places or the time. But it's not bad to want to build a birth team and build the support and have the support. That's not wrong or bad. But... Then beyond those plans... Trust God's sovereignty. In God's hands. Yeah. And trusting that if the plans you have made and the plans that you think are going to be really good mm-hmm. aren't happening for whatever reason right whether that i mean we were i was just talking to a friend again who was talking about our good friend who was her midwife who wasn't answering her phone mm-hmm. and she never got a hold of her and i i don't i feel like and she even said that she feels like that was actually a good thing but it might not have felt like it in the moment of mm-hmm. like, why right. isn't this person answering? But really being able to surrender that to the Lord and mm-hmm. trust him that he'll provide what you need um, yeah. is and, and be looking to him for those things. Yeah, for sure. Any but... other tidbits of advice that you have for first-time home birthers those were my main things that came to my mind when I got that question um I mean on a practical level things like having your supplies figured out and having having a plan for where things are and what towels you want used and things like that all feel obvious but yes and no I mean and even with that I mean you you go we've been to some births where people are very organized and laid out and obvious and Mm -hmm. other people who aren't as much right and so some of that is your personality and yes yeah, in your preferences of preferences of what you want or don't want. I mean, I've even heard of people who want to just like bleed after they birth on 
towels and wash them. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like I very much want the throwaway, mm-hmm. always depend type underwear. Mm-hmm. But that's a preference. Like, right. It's not like one is right or wrong, but you, I mean, you should probably understand the process that's about to happen and that the, you're going to bleed after you have a baby. So you should probably have some sort of idea of mm-hmm. what you want to do about that. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but really, the number of things you need, quote, right. quote, for giving birth are not as much think, thinking through what you want to eat, mm-hmm. which sometimes you kind of can know and sometimes you can't know yeah, at all. Right. I don't know. Those are probably the things we talked about are probably the main things I thought of. Of It's funny because they've gotten to be things that because because my transformation is not the word I'm looking for. No, what you're trying. But because my journey from hospital birth into home birth was kind of slow and gradual and over the course of lots of children, uh-huh. I sometimes, even now, forget where the the point that I've gotten to. Uh-huh. And I think there's still part of me, maybe not quite so much now, but it's gotten more and more this way that with my home births, still kind of thought like, well, maybe I'll decide I want to go to the hospital and like that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. But I think that when I really wouldn't talk through this stuff, like about, I think if I actually went to the hospital now and because... kicked out. Well, because of, (laughs) but not for the reasons you did, but because of the how much I don't even have to remind myself now that I'm the one that like Mm -hmm. is in charge. Uh, I would be such a difficult patient, which would be really hard for me because I was always the really like good compliant Mm -hmm. patient, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know that I could do that now. Mm -hmm. Like there were, I feel like my first home birth, I could still have gone to the hospital easily and just complied with all the things Mm -hmm. that they like, and been thinking about them more than myself, but I just don't know if I could really cater to them when I'm right. in that state now. And right. it's just interesting how I forget that people need to kind of even be aware of that, mm-hmm. like be told that that's actually, actually you are responsible for these things, whether you realize that are not even in a hospital setting mm-hmm. where you're giving permission or right. getting permission for all these things right. you are giving over that responsibility yeah so that's what we've got oh there's a bug Ugh. I hate bugs I'm gonna squish it with Tim's right. paycheck <laughs> is it a very big one no oh. All right, well, on that note, food, fasting, and first-time home advice, home birth. Are you trying to title our episode I'm trying to think episode of, right now? I, we hate titling episodes. It's really not one of our strong... We end, and then we I think, mean, we don't even know what we talked about. It doesn't about. help that we don't plan out what we're talking about at yes, all. Yes, I know. And then we have to try to remember what we did talk about. Yeah, but... So... Well, there, I titled it. Food, fasting, and first-time home birth. (laughs) Now, if we don't name it that, it's going to seem weird. Yeah, we will. Okay. Bye. Goodbye.